0: Listening to the Agent Survival Guide Podcast, a podcast for today's insurance agents. Informing, educating, empowering, improving the way you do business in an industry that's anything but static. It is official. The new Medicare Plan Finder is live. The old Medicare Plan Finder is gone. We've got all the info you need to know on what that means for you and your insurance business and how to use the new Medicare Plan Finder and FAQs, written by Emily Markovic. As the annual enrollment period approaches, it's important to be aware of changes affecting the tools and resources you use and understand how to navigate through any updates. In August of 2019, Medicare.gov updated their online plan finder. The old version of the tool was available until the end of September this year, but as of October 1st, the old version is gone. The new version is now what you will use to compare and filter 2019 and 2020 plans. It's important to note agents no longer have the ability to save and store client drug lists on this new version. If you previously used this feature on the legacy plan finder, it is time to export this information before it expires at the close of this AEP. CMS has created a dedicated page to perform this task, and we will be linking to that in our show notes. But for now, let's get into using the new Medicare plan finder. First of all, how do you get to the new Medicare plan finder, or MPF for short? simply visit medicare.gov backslash plan dash compare or click on the Medicare Plan Finder link in our show notes. Now, you might be asking, why should I use this particular Plan Finder? Good question. Because this particular tool automatically pulls in the last 12 months of Medicare claims data so it is really useful for analyzing cost comparisons in real time. In August, CMS held a webinar that is a great resource for the rundown on using the updated plan finder. We will have the link to that video in our show notes. You will have to create an account with CMS to view the video, but if you don't already have an account, it's completely free to create one, doesn't take much time. And we think it's worth it to sign up for one to gain access to helpful resources like this one. In our show notes and the Agent Survival Guide article that goes along with this episode, we've got a list of topics from the presentation and the corresponding times in the CMS webinar when each process is covered, just in case you need to quickly review a section. Those processes include the creation of a client's MyMedicare.gov account, plan type selection drug selection, validation of dosage, packaging, and preferred pharmacies, as well as MAPD and PDP plan comparison and filtering. Recently, CMS added several new resources to a page about the new Medicare plan finder. And of course, we will be linking to that page in our show notes for this episode. That page includes an overview video of the new Medicare Plan Finder, pointer videos, a flyer on how to create a Plan Finder account, and more. CMS have also released a top 10 questions and answers document specifically for those helping people with Medicare. We've got the link to that in our show notes as well. In this particular document, CMS mentions some updates that will be made to the Medicare plan finder before the start of the annual enrollment period. In the coming updates, CMS plans to display drug tier costs. Link directly from MyMedicare.gov to the new plan finder. Integrate partial gap coverage into cost sharing. Add original Medicare information and a card for comparison in the plan finder. Add a sort option for total cost, so think plan premium plus drug costs. Add a footnote for excluded drugs. Maintain filters and SNP selections when using the back button. Add the option to add mail order on the pharmacy selection page. Refine the zip code entry process. Show the distinction between preferred in network pharmacy versus in-network pharmacy on the cost-by-phase table. Add a note about over-the-counter drugs to the drug lookup page. Add an option to compare a third retail pharmacy when mail order is not selected. Improve the print format and update a bunch of back-end technical details to prepare for the display of 2020 plans. So what are the pathways into the new Medicare Plan Finder? There are two ways to gain access to use the new Plan Finder, logged in and anonymous access. Logged in access requires clients to create an account on mymedicare.gov, and it also requires a Medicare Beneficiary Identifier, or MBI. We recommend you help your client create a MyMedicare.gov account because doing so will allow your client to permanently save their prescription drug information and run the filter tool when side-by-side with you. And I did say side-by-side for a reason. Under no circumstances should you create MyMedicare.gov accounts for your clients. You should only assist them in the process at their request. Your clients' accounts and associated claims data will be beneficial for future plan recommendation tools available through Medicare and Ritter. There are certain criteria necessary for creating client accounts, including a unique username. We suggest clients use their email address because it's easy to remember and exclusive to them. But before we go any further, I do want to point something out about the logged-in version, and this is important. In fact, it is crucial to note that the logged-in version features an enrollment button. If your clients select this button and complete their enrollment this way, you will not be the agent of record. It will be a direct sale to the insurance company. On the other hand, anonymous access to mymedicare.gov does not require an account. While you cannot store and recall any client drug information using this pathway, there also is no potential risk of your clients completing an enrollment without your assistance. Now, those are the basics of the new Medicare Plan Finder, but we understand that changes like this will bring about questions. So we are covering the answers to frequently asked questions. First up, general frequently asked questions about MyMedicare.gov and the new MPF. If my client doesn't have a Medicare number, are they still able to shop the new MPF? Yes, Your client can do an anonymous search to learn more about their Medicare options. However, no information will be loaded or saved since they are not able to create an account. Can we still use drug ID and password dates to access saved drug lists? You can use the drug ID list and password dates to access your saved drug lists from the old Medicare plan finder until the end of the annual enrollment period. As we mentioned earlier in this episode, CMS created a dedicated page to perform this task. The URL is literally medicare.gov find your old drug list. And again, we'll make sure we have the link to that page in our show notes for you. We recommend you print all previous lists before this information expires at the end of this AEP. How do you save an anonymous search? If you create a drug list using the anonymous search, the only way to save that drug list is by signing into the system at mymedicare.gov. Is the new MPF available in Spanish? C, yes. The new MPF is available in both English and Spanish. Will Medicare agents still be able to do any kind of plan comparison for clients? Yes. Agents can still use the anonymous search to input information, but that information will not be saved. You can also help your client create a MyMedicare.gov account to access claims data and complete a plan comparison from there. When will the old MPF be unavailable? The old MPF is no longer available. You must use the new Medicare plan finder for all plan searches. If a beneficiary doesn't want to set up a MyMedicare.gov account, can they still use the new MPF? Yes, however, their information will not be saved. Because of this, they will need to manually add their information each time they complete a search. Logged out users can print a drug list. When performing an anonymous search, will the beneficiary need to go through the learning screens? No. They can choose to go right to the plan finder option. What is the purpose of making beneficiaries log in to save their drug lists? According to CMS, this was put in place as a security feature. Where can we send feedback or concerns about the new Medicare plan finder? You can email feedback to emedicare at cms.hhs.gov And we will also have that email address in our show notes. Is there still a way to see if a person qualifies for extra help? Yes, but this information is only available for logged in users. Can a user self-enroll in a plan through the MPF? Yes, however, an assisting agent will not receive credit for this sale. Will users have access to their Medicare Summary Notice, or MSN, through MyMedicare.gov? Yes, on MyMedicare.gov, there is an option to review the MSN online. The user will still receive a mailed copy as well, unless they choose to only receive the online eMSN version. Will the Medicare plan finder show logged-in users what Medigap plan they currently have? No, it will not. Will the live chat be available 24-7 during AEP? Yes. Thanksgiving Day is the only exception. Both 1-800-MEDICARE and the live chat option will not be available on Thursday, November 28, 2019. Can a user enroll in a plan without creating an account? Yes, but they will have to input more information than a logged-in user would. If the Medicare plan finder is not showing the correct extra help information, how can we price the correct information? If the MPF is not showing the correct extra help information for the specific client, or to check prices for the upcoming low-income subsidy or LIS changes, the user should do an anonymous search with the correct information to see accurate pricing. How often is low-income subsidy and extra help data updated? This information is updated on a daily basis. How does the live chat work? Chat questions are answered by 1-800-MEDICARE customer service representatives. They have a separate team dedicated to handling the live chat questions. Is the live chat available for logged out users? No a user must be logged in to use the live chat feature. That's it for the more general questions. Now we will move on to a few FAQs on creating an account and logging in on mymedicare.gov. Does the beneficiary need to have an email address to create an account? No, if they do have an email, it is encouraged for the beneficiary to provide that information when they create an account. If they do not enter an email, a confirmation letter will be mailed to the beneficiary when they create an account rather than be emailed. Once a MyMedicare.gov account is created, will the username and password be activated immediately? Yes, once a beneficiary creates their username and password, they can log in immediately. If you try to create a MyMedicare.gov account but already have one, will the system stop you? Yes. If you already have a username and password connected to your information, the system will let you know and prompt you to go through the username and password recovery process. Can two beneficiaries have the same username? No, usernames must be unique. If the desired username is already taken, the beneficiary will need to choose another one. When a beneficiary sets up an account using the Medicare Plan Finder, will that also create a MyMedicare.gov account at the same time? Yes. Similarly, creating a MyMedicare.gov account will create an account for the Medicare Plan Finder. It is the same account. Are there password requirements? Yes. The requirements will appear on screen when the user is prompted to create their password. How often must the password be changed? At minimum, once every two years. Can you create an account if something doesn't match what's on file with CMS, like the MBI or zip code? The user will not be able to create an account if the information is not correct. If the user moved or something isn't right, the user will need to call 1-800-MEDICARE to make the necessary changes. Is the username and password the same for MPF and MyMedicare.gov? Yes. If you create an account with no email, how do you recover the login information? All a user needs to recover account information is the secret question and answer, as well as the Medicare beneficiary identifier available on their Medicare card. If a user forgets their account info, can they create a new one? No the user would need to go through the username and password recovery process. Now it's time to talk prescription drug lists and plan comparisons, so let's get into these frequently asked questions. Up first, will drugs auto-generate for people who did not previously have a MyMedicare.gov account? The system will only pull drug data from prescriptions that have been filled with a Medicare drug plan. If the beneficiary has been on a Medicare drug plan for years and is just now creating a MyMedicare.gov account, their drugs from the past 12 months will auto-generate in the drug list. Can users get a side-by-side detailed plan comparison on one page? Yes, users can compare up to three plans at a time. Can you look for Medigap plans on the Medicare plan finder? You can find general information about Medigap plans, like price range and coverage, but users cannot see specific Medigap plan details on the MPF. Can you look up provider information for Medicare Advantage plans in the MPF? No, as of right now, there are only links that will take the user to the carrier's online portal. Does the MPF give ratings for Medigap plans? No. Since Medigap plans are regulated by the state and not CMS, this data is not available on Medicare.gov, which is a federal site. Can you see Medigap plans specifically for the user's area and age? The user can get general information regarding Medigap plans like price range, coverage, and providers in the state. The MPF will not be able to give specific pricing for the different plans in the user's area. Can you compare Medigap plans using the MPF? You can compare general information, like coverage difference between the Medigap plans and a price difference, which is given as a price range. How would a user edit an existing drug list? In both the anonymous and logged-in view of the MPF, there is a button labeled Add Drugs, which can be used to add drugs to the drug lists. When viewing the drug list, there are options to remove drug and edit drug as well. Will medications auto-generate for users who are under 65 on disability? If they are on Medicare, the system will automatically upload the prescriptions that have been filled with a Medicare drug plan from the last 12 months. Is there a way to get more information on various services? Throughout the MPF, you will see links for more information as well as plus signs that can provide more information on a variety of topics. Can users print plan details and comparisons? Yes. Has the drug list limit been increased? Yes, the drug list limit has been increased from 25 entries to 40 entries. Will Part B drug information be included on the Medicare Plan Finder? Yes, but only under the Medicare Advantage plan details, not in the Part D prescription drug plan details. How many pharmacies can you choose to price compare? You can compare prices at up to three pharmacies side by side. Can you find which pharmacies are preferred in Medicare drug plans? Yes, when reviewing the drug plan details, it will tell you if your selected pharmacies are preferred are dual eligible demonstration plans on the MPF. Yes, they will be listed under special needs plans. Where does the data on Medigap plans come from and how often is it updated? The Medigap plan data comes from the state's Department of Insurance or DOI and is updated a few times per year. Can you enroll in a Medigap plan through the MPF? No. Users can find contact information for the plan to enroll through the carrier, but not through the Medicare Plan Finder. That brings us to the end of all of our frequently asked questions on the Medicare Plan Finder. But if you still have questions on using the new Medicare Plan Finder, we would love to help you answer them. Feel free to reach out to us here at the Agent Survival Guide podcast by calling one 717 562 7211, or reach out to our sales team. We will have the link to a page with more information on how to do that in our show notes, along with the phone number for our hotline. That is it for this episode of the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I know we threw a lot of information at you all at once, but if you like what you heard today, if you found it useful, chances are there are plenty of other agents out there who would find this information useful as well. We would love it if you would share this episode with them, share it with your downline, feel free to tag us, and use our hashtag ASGpodcast. We are Ritter Insurance Marketing on Facebook and LinkedIn and at RitterIM on Twitter. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that and for taking the time to listen today. We really appreciate your support. We will see you next episode.